Welcome back, animation aficionados. Uh-oh. Fancy to a words. Brand new episode of Cinemates. We got an exciting lineup. We all saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, the new movie. We're going to be reviewing that. But what would a Cinemates episode be without a nepotism guest? Absolutely. It's just part of our uh, culture at this point. You yes, know? we teased it. Uh, we wanted to do a big animation episode with the release of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I also saw Spider-Verse finally this week Thank for the God. first time. Uh, but joining us... Oh, on he, our, that, he's Mike, by the way. I, oh, yeah, I'm Mike. I'm Jake. Mike, Jose, Collins, and Jake. Yeah, <laughs> Ten episodes yeah. in, and we still don't have that intro down. <laughs> oh, grow up. Anywho, uh, joining us on our animation adventure today are two very uh, important people to me and maybe to the world of animation. Uh, storyboard artist on Pinecone and Pony, The Vindicators, Coco Melon, everyone's favorite, Teenage Euthanasia. I wonder what that one is. I haven't checked that out. Uh, Emily Steckley is here with us. How's it going, Thank Emily? You. Good. I'm glad I didn't have to audition. It's fun being a nepotism baby. <laughs> exactly. You just get right in line. You jump over yeah. everyone else that we have. I'm um, finally on the podcast. You made it. And uh, my brother, Jeff Collins, he's worked on things like Little Demon, uh, The Lion Guard, Curious George, Cape Ahoy. And uh, was on the Emmy-winning animation department for The Last Kids on Earth. Jeff Collins, thanks for joining the show. Hey, thank you for having me, brother. Also, <laughs> I got like a bone to pick with you about the naming thing. Uh, oh. Every time we bring up changing, like, every time I bring up changing my name, because I have an IMDb page, mm -hmm. and I think about my name in the credits all the time. I always get flack for it. And then Michael's here going, Mike Jose Collins, <laughs> and no one bats an eye. Well, what do you want to change yours to, Steven? <laughs> what are you going to be, Steven? Why can't I be Jeff Jose Collins? <laughs> well, yeah, you could be Jeff, Jeff Steve Collins. <laughs> Fine. What's the short of Steven? Steve. Fine. <laughs> change it to like a Scarago or something. You can't just be... You're right, though. Jeff Collins. There's a lot of Jeff Collins. There is a lot of Jeff Collins. Also, there's a lot of Michael Thank J. You. Collins. There's the, a lot of Michael The astronaut. J. Yeah. That is true. I, I think I'm like... 26 on IMDb of like how many Jeff Collins is there. Yeah, it's never too late. Just add that S right <laughs> in there. Do you think yeah. people would go by like Jeffrey, but you can't even go by Jeffrey because your actual name is just Jeff. <laughs> it's just Jeff. <laughs> they skip the middleman with the naming process. I just call him Chef. I think it should be Chef Collins. Chef hey, Collins. There you go. See, that's yeah. kind of a cool nickname. <laughs> just legally change your name to that and you're fine. Yes, Jeff. Right? <laughs> Anywho, we all saw Teenage okay, Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, but before we get into that, we wanted to ask you guys a couple questions about the world of animation, being animators, storyboard artists, whatever you guys have been doing. Uh, so first, how did both of you guys get into this industry? Which, whoever wants to start. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just kind of always knew I was going to do it. Like I remember watching like the Lion King and being a kid and being like someone drew that and someone got paid to draw that and I want to draw all day. And then I uh, went to Algonquin College for animation and then got in as an animator and then moved around to a storyboard artist. And that's like the, the shortest version of that, I guess. What about you, Jeff? Uh, I wanted to get into, I didn't know what I wanted to get into animation particularly, uh, but I wanted to get into like TV and films 
after watching the Lord of the Rings, the special edition cuts where they like go behind the scenes where they're like movies onto their own. They're like three hours for each movie of just like making of these uh, making of Lord of the Rings, which I thought was amazing. I was like, I just want to be working in movies. I thought it was so cool. And I originally wanted to be a special effects makeup artist, but I didn't want to move to L.A. at the time. Um, and then I found out that there was, yeah, Algonquin College in Ottawa. And I decided to go there uh, and start making cartoons because I also love drawing, too. This episode's not sponsored by Algonquin College, by the way. <laughs> it's sponsored by Audible. All right, no. anyway. I wish. Anyway, Audible, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, sponsor us. Or Algonquin College, <laughs> even though we're yeah. recording oh, in a completely separate community college. Um, <laughs> is there any... We were talking about this earlier. Do you guys think there's, like, anything um, about the industry that maybe a lot of people, like, wouldn't know about it? Or, like, what's something that you sort of want to would shed light on uh, about a bit of the behind-the-scenes aspects of it? So much of it is done in Canada, like, uh, for animation. Uh, so much is done in Canada uh, that I don't think, like, most people realize. Like, there's studios everywhere. Uh, Toronto, Ottawa, Vancouver, Montreal. Like, I think most, and, like, all, all, everything you see in the uh, Marvel Avengers and everything like that is, like, all done in Montreal, it feels like. Mm. There you go. You're a big Marvel guy. I am a big Marvel guy. That's pretty cool. Is that why it's always, like, Quebec at the end? I thought that was for yeah. like filming or something. I thought that was for filming too. I guess that makes sense if it was animation. How about uh, storyboard? Oh, storyboarding. What's... Um, I don't know. Nothing like really comes to just like how much more work it is than you think. Yeah. I guess, which is like such a bummer of an answer, but like <laughs> I don't know. I love my job, so. Why don't you uh, get into it a little bit? How don't you t- tell us like what your day to day is kind of like and how long of a process it is to create some storyboards? Um, sure. Okay. I'm realizing how much I say, um, now that I'm being recorded. I don't know how you guys. It's true. When I listen back to this, I'm like, oh, I say like a lot, like before everything. (laughs) It's okay. I stutter Uh, like 90% of my words. So you're good. Don't worry. I'm resisting the urge to swear every other word for you guys. So (laughs) this is tricky. We appreciate it. It makes our editing (laughs) process a lot easier. Yeah, I bet. Um, so for storyboards, they'll they'll typically like write the script out in LA and then it'll get sent to us and there'll be like a bunch of the concept art and I'll go through and um, the audio will also be done in LA with like all the voice actors and everything. So they'll send me all of that and then I will have the next couple weeks to basically thumbnail out usually about like half an episode and then... Um, I have to go and pitch it to the director and the client and basically present it and be like, here's all the ideas. Because so much of the the rough stuff will be like, here's just like a circle and a head to basically plan out the composition, how the shots are going to hook up. And then the next couple weeks after that are cleaning it up and making the characters actually look like what they'll look like so that the background artists and the animators actually know what they're supposed to be doing. So my job kind of becomes like the beginning stages of all of the jobs and telling all the other jobs what to do, which is really cool, but there's so much to keep track of and it can be very overstimulating and daunting, but that that's essentially how my job works over about like five weeks on the current job. And then it starts all over again with a new script and a new episode. So that's just for one episode is about five weeks to get even just like the slight basis of it. That's insane. Yeah. That's a pretty good time. That's like more generous for time than a lot of shows will be. I guess that's wow. my un- uncovering a thing. 
I would like more weeks to work on stuff. But what was yeah. what would you think was your hardest uh, storyboards that you've worked on? Because like you've done Coco Melon, you've done some shows for Apple TV, <laughs> and you've done Adult Swim as well. I'm curious which one was like the most challenging for you to do. Um, I think so. There was one that was completely unaired, and it's not ever going to come out, so I can't like name it either because of NDA stuff. But basically, it just kept being rewritten. Mm. It was something that like the episode is basically done and they were like never mind it's not about a family anymore and so everything had to get completely redone like one change can just completely change everything down the line if it's like hey can you flip this character looking this way like sometimes that can absolutely change everything in a storyboard so when it was it's not about a family anymore it was just starting all over again but keeping the same deadlines so that one was probably the roughest they didn't know what they wanted at all. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how you would even, like keep adapting to that after just consistently being told over and over again. Yeah, no, just kidding. Change that up. I don't really know either. It, it's really, not that there's a lot of great things about the pandemic, obviously, but it's nice to be able to turn off my webcam in a meeting so they can't see my face like leaking <laughs> how angry I am. They can't see the depression just rolling down. Exactly. Uh, how about you, Jeff? What goes into uh, animation for just a typical episode or in general? Yeah, I mean, I could talk about animation. I could talk about uh, the specific of my job as a retakes animator, too. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Uh, so I work as a retakes animator or supervisor sometimes. Um, and my job is like on the completely other end of Emily's job, where she's all at the beginning of the production. I'm completely at the end. So after the show is like, kind of done its first pass. Uh, my team starts working with the client directly for, uh, who are normally in LA. And we start to collaborate on like what they like about the show, what they don't like about the show and like starting to make changes. So they're like looking at a scene and they're like, we uh, just don't like the how the scene is like working. Can you change it to do this? That's my job to do. Uh, pretty much uh, it's all uh, client notes and revisions and like kind of redoing uh, someone else's work all, all day long. Uh, but it can be like, it's a lot of fun because it's like very fast paced. Um, so like my day to day is like going through like maybe like 15 to 20 shots, figuring out what needs to get changed, referring to the, what the client wants change and then making all the adjustments. Um, and then uh, I worked on shows like so last minute that uh, uh I've like been on a show where it was going out in like a few days, like to air. Jeez, really? Yeah. Oh my god. I, I, yeah, I, I think I, I was working on Rick and Marty like revisions and retakes, uh, and that it was like the next week it was like coming out. Yeah. So I wanted to get into Rick and Morty because I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, I just I just wanted to know like first how it's like working on a show that's so prolific as Rick and Morty. Hmm. No, it's uh, it's a lot of fun because uh, especially working on it, uh, you just know you're working on something like more special because being in animation, especially uh, kind of pre uh, uh, all the streaming services slowly like collapsing and canceling everything, there was like a big boom of animation, a lot of things just being greenlit. So you were kind of working on things that you never knew it was going to be like big or not. But for Rick and Morty, you always knew it was like a big thing. Um, so like working on like the Wendy's Rick and Morty commercials, uh, like for the meme, like the Pringles one where the meme happens, where he's like tearing the wallpaper mm, off, mm -hmm. um, like working on those com commercials and knowing that they're like, uh, 
bigger than uh like bigger than what it feels like is very cool um it's also like a, a it's a great show to work on like i never worked on the original seasons uh but like you come in and you just like can youtube everything you needed like any questions you have you're like i wonder how they do posing or how they do blanks and you just youtube it and it's like all it's all there for you so it was a, a very smooth job to do um which i really enjoyed um and there's like some legacy stuff too like because uh you get to you're working with like older uh assets uh because it's been around for so long um and it's just interesting to see like what they were thinking like i don't know when rick and Mori started like eight years ago or something uh it's around there yeah yeah and you're just like you're looking at these older assets and you're just like it's interesting like it's kind of like a time capsule of uh what people back then like were making and like putting together to like make this uh uh show i don't know if that really makes sense but it, yeah, it might no. be a little too insider <laughs> it's also one of those shows too that people know instantly like people right. our age know about it because most of our friends don't have children so like yeah jake you're not gonna come on and be like i'm a huge coco melon fan you know like <laughs> hey wait, tell me all about the lore of the coco melon you never you know? know it could be a massive coco melon fan i'm sure there is With- What's your favorite character? <laughs> uh, the baby, you know. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> the baby. Um, I have... no Emily's right. Uh, oh sorry. No, it's go ahead. Uh, Emily's right. It's like if I'm like describing like a show of like if I'm like talking to somebody who doesn't know animation at all and they like, oh, what do you do? What you work on? I'm just gonna throw Rick and Morty out there because it's like the most recognizable show and people instantly like understand like, oh, you're making that. It feels like people instantly take you seriously of like, oh, it's a legit job. It's a real job. Is that something you guys face? People don't take your job seriously? Kind of, yeah, Yeah. sometimes. I mean, like, we're surrounded by people in our industry, so, like, we all know it's an actual career. But, like, more of, like, a with my family personally, like, family gathering stuff of, like, what are you doing again? It's like, this. This is a real job. That's fair. Yeah, it, it it's so like imaginary to people. Like it's so like uh, ethereal. Like you know, because nobody really thinks about like they see the product, but they don't think about how the product is made at all. And, and also, like kinda... there's an industry in Canada, like you were saying earlier, Jeff. Yeah, there's a very big disconnect between audiences and what act like the people who actually make the movies and make the TV shows, and and you don't really think about it until like hollywood strikes happen and you're like oh yeah people actually are making these is that affecting you guys at all your industry the strike yeah yeah how so uh yeah uh not really with the writer's strike because uh weirdly enough like animation doesn't use like uh the same writer's guilt in america okay um which i think is like probably them trying to figure out every way possible to not like get the same writers as the writer people um but it's the actors one because like so many shows nowadays uh they need like kind of a name to attach for publicity um so if you don't got like a like a name like a danny devito or like uh no i i can't think of anyone else (laughs) just danny devito (laughs) danny devito is animation (laughs) but our uh Who's the guy who does, uh, I think you should leave. Uh, oh, Tim Robinson? Tim Robinson. Yeah, Teenage Youth in Asia, Tim Robinson was on that one. Like, if you don't have those names attached to, like, these animated shows, especially, like, adult animated shows, 
um like uh they're not willing to produce them right now they're not gonna like gonna go ahead with things uh you know yeah that's interesting how how i'm curious because we've talked we've been very adamant on this podcast talking about the strikes and how ridiculous we think some of the studios are with these claims um how long do you think that this is going to keep going on because i know that there is uh, the writers are meeting again today as of recording on Friday. Uh, they are open to re-meeting again with the studios, but there's nothing left on the acting front. So how long do you think that's going to take and like how long that effect is going to continue to go if they, this keeps being dragged out, if the studios don't want to find any common ground between them? A while. My prediction... Uh, yeah, a while. Uh, my prediction is like... I, I'm thinking fall. I think that it's like too big of a fight, and everyone knows it's a big fight. Like it's, re, like it, it. They let it. Everything like slips so far for like the workers, uh, and now they're just trying to like. Not only do they have to fight to like maintain like basic level of living, but they kind of have to fight for what they lost as well. Um, and I don't think there's going to be like a lot of compromises on either side until like somebody finally breaks. Yeah. Stop not paying your people, Disney. We don't like Disney. <laughs> Anyhow, whatever. <laughs> uh, well, going off uh, on a maybe a better note than all those people <laughs> striking, uh, when it comes to animation, what are your guys' favorite animated shows? Or movies? Or any animation Anything. in particular? Um, for me, Avatar The Last Airbender is still like always a classic. That's one that I rewatch every couple years, and it's still absolutely phenomenal. Um, and most recently would be Arcane. That's a yes. phenomenal show. It, oh, have you watched it, Jake? I have. I'm a huge Arcane fan. Oh my god, isn't it? It's just so good. I sat down and was like, I can't stop thinking about how everything is constantly showing me information that I need. And I would pause at each section and be like, I need to thumbnail this out for boards because I want to be able to storyboard like this. And the camera is constantly taking you along to the next action and where we're going. It's just such a busy, it's it's such a good show. I love it so much. It's, so that's, it's gorgeous. those are my current ones. I'm so <laughs> happy that Arcane got like the level of attention that it did and the recognition because as I'm, I'm not a League of Legends fan. I know nothing about League of Legends. I don't give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> Anytime I've been on there, it's been like, just me being cursed at constantly i have no desire to play league yeah i know but just seeing like when you like the animation this is another thing that i like have been loving about animation recently is that at least my theory is that disney <laughs> and became so popular with this 21st century animation style or with cg and all this and this this took off and this is what studios were doing for the longest time was just following that following that and not really giving animators that level of just allowing animation to be a character in your show or movie mm -hmm. and i think that like since spider-verse at least that's what i cite as i'm sure there's probably other examples but like it feels like we're seeing it now where a lot more of these products are having animation being an actual character and telling story and arcane is the exact same thing for me it's like one of the things i love about it the most is like you were saying it's gorgeous to look at and everything is telling a specific story within it it, it's a phenomenal example of like everyone who works on that loves what they're doing like all the effects all the character animators all the character designers all the like everyone clearly is just like knows exactly what they're doing and is having so much fun and arcane and spider-verse and like the teenage mutant ninja turtle movie like all of them feel really fresh and new and like a, a whole other mode of animation especially like like you said after the spider-verse 
And it's really, sorry, like going back to the strike too, it's just frustrating how like no one's getting paid to do these jobs, but there's clearly like a need for these movies. Like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the whole theater was packed. Spider-Verse I saw multiple times and it was like packed each time. There's clearly a demand for new and fresh animation. And especially like those movies and like the examples we're showing feel so much different than what Pixar is coming out with recently or like Disney where it feels like the same kind of things over and over again where Arcane and Spider-Verse and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like you were saying, like feel like animation is a character. Like the Jeff was talking about after we watched the movie, like the backgrounds just slightly having like multiple backgrounds instead of blurring. And it's just constantly using every piece of atmosphere of animation to the fullest extent because there's so many things that can be they can be live action but why bother with it being live action when things can be animated because you can do anything in animation so why not really play within the spectrum of animation and using that giant yeah, I... sorry guys <laughs> no no uh, i was gonna say uh I, I agree because like i think one of the reasons like the pixar and the disney movies are feeling bland now is because pixar and disney movies like they do the the Disney princess, like, uh, character design, but everything else is, like, trying to replicate the real world. Like, they want to make realistic fire. They want to make realistic waves. They want to make realistic foliage. But we're seeing with, like, Spider-Verse and, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is that you don't need to. You can make them cartoony. You can make them fun. You can play with, like, style and push Mm -hmm. it in, like, new artistic ways. And so it's just, who cares about replicating water one-to-one? Mm-hmm. And, and Arcane, too, like, the effects are so uh, literally, like, hand-drawn. There's no lines on them. But in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, their entire idea of the effects department was, like, let's make this look like it was just sketched and, like, it was made of crayons. And it's just, like, different ideas instead of let, let's model real life, like you said. It's their their own pieces of think- experimentation. It's so awesome. It's amazing. Uh, do you think this is going to become, like, more common and a lot more animated properties in the future i i certainly hope so but like especially if you like you're saying there's a huge need for it now and you're seeing that people want to go see it do you think it's going to like slowly start taking over we see more and more animated movies or tv shows act in that style i hope so i think that something like spider-verse is so hard to like replicate and i want it to be that people experiment more with different ideas and what they think would fundamentally push animation as opposed to just trying to like be another Spider-Verse, which is what I was thinking going into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of like, okay, is this going to be like the same kind of thing, but we like swap out Spider-Man for Turtles. But like the effects were different. The backgrounds were different. Like the soundtracks were both great, but it was still like its own variation. So I hope that it's it's pushing the ideas of animation within like their own uh, movies and not just let's try to be Spider-Verse again. Yeah, I was talking to uh emily and uh hannah yesterday about like how i think we're gonna look back at uh like the 2010s as and the late uh the 2010s as like the era of animation because we look back at the 90s and 80s animation of disney animation we called the golden uh era of disney animation it's like the renaissance Uh, yeah uh, oh the renaissance Renaissance. that's what it is where we're gonna look at uh like like Pixar and Disney had their time in 3D animation. We're going to look back at like, oh, this was like the, the golden age of 3D Pixar Disney animation with Up and Ratatouille and uh, for Ozen and things like that. But I think we're seeing like the late uh, 90s, early 2000s happening to Disney movies now where like uh, they weren't putting out the same strong stuff anymore. Like we all look back nostalgically at uh, 
like uh, Lilo and Stitch and Emperor's New Groove and things like that, but they weren't doing well uh, in like move like in the box office. And I think it's the same thing is happening now with uh, Disney and Pixar. Yeah, I like that claim. I think that's uh, I think that's a great way of looking at that, or like just a very different way. I, something you don't really think about. You know, uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to also say, uh, I think Spider-Verse is kind of uh, Shrek from the early 2000s. It's just like something new, something fresh, <laughs> boom. And a great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. It did have a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah. I was very impressed. I was uh, I wanted... very down on oh. going to go see Spider-Verse, but I forced myself. He to was. See it I've been so trying well. to convince him since opening weekend because I saw this on opening. I was like, you will like this movie. Go see it. Go see you it. You had to be convinced to see a Spider-Man I know. Movie he's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sorry. Marvel lost the uh, the whole appeal, especially Spider-Man. That's fair. That is fair. The last Spider-Man movie I saw was with you, and I was very tired near the end of it. Yeah, that movie was horrible. But you liked the to... first Spider-Verse, which is why you were like, I was shocked that you had to be like chained up to go see the second one because you you said you were a big fan of the first one. Just Spider-Man Hangover. What were you saying, Emily? Oh, I wanted to add on to Jeff's point, too, of, like, the idea of, like, uh, the animation just, like, Disney almost kind of doing the same things over and over again, because I was thinking about that new movie, I don't even remember the title of it, but it's, I think it's Disney or Pixar, but it's a girl that's, like, a squid person, and the mermaids are actually the villains, and it looks exactly like the movie Luca, like, they're the same designs. Like, and yeah, it that's just DreamWorks feels, one. Oh, is that yeah? DreamWorks that's the DreamWorks one? one that just bombed at the box office recently. Yeah, what's Luca? Is Luca DreamWorks? Luca is Pixar. Okay, they just both feel like they would exist in the exact same world because they're both like the same kind of style, the same sea creature thing, and it just feels like I don't. I did like Luca, but it didn't have the same like. Oh, I can't wait to see it again in the same way that like Spider Verse. I was like, Jeff, we're coming back. I need to like watch this one again. That it's like this is feeling really kind of stale. Because it just feels like the same kind of things over and over again. I wouldn't be against watching Elemental, but I'm not going to rush to the theater to see it either. So we saw Elemental in theaters. Oh, yeah? uh, it is a very gorgeous looking animated film, but mm-hmm. it's kind of going off the same thing where it looks very realistic. Like it look like fire and water. And it is kind of a little jarring and strange, I think, at points. Um, and I'm, I, I think that's an honestly a fascinating point that you guys brought up because I think Disney and Pixar and DreamWorks for that matter are in very strange positions where they just feel like they're pumping out the same type of animated stuff over and over again and Wish coming out later this year by Disney is trying to go back to that hand-drawn stuff but it's also still kind of like CG at the same time and it's like mm-hmm. a really oh, strange... I want to talk about Wish. Go for it. Go, go, go for it. Oh, my. It's weird Man. Sony being the big game changer right now. Sorry, Jeff, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, no worries. Uh, man, Wish does not look good it looks like they were like trying to jump on a trend and it looks very rushed is the weird thing to say because like they're going for like trying to make the 3d animation like flat and more cartoon like not cartoony but more like uh how they used to like ink and uh, paint on uh like plastic film um and it's just it doesn't seem like it's working that well like if i google like pics of it 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 just feels like still uh Disney movies with a filter on it, like with like a face Apple filter on it. So you're like, it's not pushing far enough. No, I, I don't think so at all. I think like, uh, I'm playing it now for myself to like, I'm myself. also but, looking like, at it. It's just, uh, it, it, it just looks like another Disney movie with a filter on it. 
It really and, does. Like not you. Yeah, like I, they're using some like two D special effects, which I like, but I don't know. Like push it, push it all. Go the extra mile. Wait a minute, Michael had to be tied up to watch the new Spider Verse movie, but willingly went to see Elemental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just had a point. It's just like <laughs> process for me. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of flack for my Spider-Man takes lately. He has. What's your Spider-Man oh, takes? Oh, God. Uh, I, we posted a video where I said Andrew Garfield was the best one and people are hating on me. No, no, I no. I do think he's the best one. You're cutting Thank out you. the most important part about this where he said the first Amazing Spider-Man movie is the best Spider-Man movie. That is what I the do. main flack was on that video. I really like that movie. Oh, oh. okay, but it's, I love that movie. <laughs> it's not the best when the two Spider-Verse movies exist. Okay, but no, okay, the Tobey Maguire movies though. When I'm watching it, I'm like, this should just be a cartoon. It's meant to just be a cartoon. The Amazing Spider-Man is a rom-com. Boom! I love rom-coms. Exactly. That's a great point. Yeah, they're not like. It's kind of weird comparing them in a way. They have completely different tones. I know they're both Spider-Man, but, like, I, I don't know. Just, if you're going into The Amazing Spider-Man expecting a cartoon, like, it's not it's not going to work. Go in for a love story, and you'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, we saw Elemental because it was more so we needed some content, and yeah. it was, like, a newer movie, so we thought, okay, we'll go to the theater now. Where Spider-Verse mm. is, like, I've just had a really tough time lately, especially, like, watching animated movies in theaters i, I like I why is that i don't know i just i the charm for me is sort of just worn off on like animated movies and, and i'm glad that uh i watched spider-verse because i think it's kind of back on and especially like we'll talk about it my feelings on teenage mutant ninja turtles but honestly the same thing i love that this is sort of changing because you guys are kind of right like the 2010s were i think you are right we're going to look back and see that as a golden age because at this point i'm kind of over them that's yeah, I think Coco is going to be the last, like, remembered as the last great, uh, like, movie of that era. I think so too. I think mm-hmm. I think this all it makes sense when you feed it all into the idea also that these movies aren't doing well at the box office. Like Strange Strange Worlds, which was Disney's film last year, bombed. Lightyear bombed. Elemental was going to be a bomb until it had legs and actually went further. So I think like. And Pixar is wanting to do more IP-driven stuff, which I think is the wrong idea because that's what they're probably going to be trying to do to try to save some money. I think Mm -hmm. if they just embraced letting their artists go and do their own thing and make it like we're seeing with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Spider-Verse, it'll probably like rejuvenate both the studio, its fans, and the box office. And I don't know why they don't just let that happen and why they're so stuck up in their old ways with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I honestly wouldn't be surprised and like, two years or three years uh we will because i think uh studios are like heads of studios are like not willing to take as many risks anymore with the original ip especially like the nice thing about uh disney and uh, pixar is that they did take risks on original ip but i think in like a few years i wouldn't be surprised that we see like uh a marvel superhero from pixar uh, where it's just like it's it's its own thing. It's not connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're kind of doing like a Spider Verse thing of just like let's just do a superhero movie with them. Um, I would love that. That would be cool. Like an Incredibles kind of thing. That's like this is just its own thing. Yeah, but it's still connected to like an IP. Like like I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that. I like it instead of like yeah, and because I don't think they would do the same thing as like 
rebooting like like let's reboot captain america again like uh, warner brothers does with like batman superman i think they would just be like we have captain america people love the marvel cinematic universe let's just kind of do like a soft reboot with animation instead that'd be pretty cool that piqued my interest <laughs> i think that makes complete sense i love that idea i i hope they do something because i every like everyone loves pixar it's just the last feels like seven years or so they've been missing a lot more than hitting and it's uh it's upsetting the childhood in me because i just i yeah. want yeah. i want to see pixar do what they do best because they're still some of the best storytellers in the world they're just lost their way a little yeah. bit it feels like i felt like I after really that like- dinosaur movie that they did did not do well that it was like okay we're just we're gonna do like more spin-offs of characters that we know make money and there haven't been like let's try a new thing from pixar in a long time I don't know. I like Soul a lot. I did like but, Soul, but too. that came out right in the middle of the pandemic, and I do think that's a movie oh, yeah. that looks gorgeous, like in the best way. Like it's hyper detailed um, and textured, but kind of like in the best way. Yeah, it's a really good looking movie. I feel like COVID also played a part in ruining Pixar a little bit because all these movies went out on Disney Plus, um, and they kind of trained their audience to wait until Disney Plus to watch these movies. And that also like that, I know that was a huge conversation at the peak of the time when turning red was supposed to be released in theaters. And then they decided to go back against that and put that on Disney plus. And there's like a huge outcry from the animators in Pixar that were like really upset that their work was being relegated to Disney plus. And it's weird. It's yeah. like, there's this really weird middle, like there Pixar's in just a really strange spot recently. And I, I hope they figure it out and are able yeah. to find their way eventually. I I think they can pivot, like, if they start... Like, because I, I'm thinking about, like, DreamWorks pivoting recently. Like, the Ruby Gilman, uh, Teenage Kraken, Bond, obviously. I'm not even going to go see it. Um, but, like, last year's uh, Puss in Boots yep. was just phenomenal and, like, a great, like... I want to see uh, DreamWorks moving in that direction. I would love to see, like... Uh, Pixar and uh, Disney moving that direction where it's just like, yeah, you have these old IPs um, and you just like kind of give them again, like a soft reboot refresh and like try new things, try like new art styles. Like Puss and Boots looks, uh, The Last Wish is an amazing movie that looks amazing and does a lot of things that Spider-Verse and TMNT does. I wish we saw that one in theaters. I I was not expecting that one to be as good as it was. I don't think anyone was because the first Puss in Boots was such a come and go movie that like left no impression. And then here comes mm-hmm. this one that is just about Puss and talking about all of his just issues with uh, his mental health and like panic attacks. I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? And everything's like a metaphor for it. It was crazy, but it's, it's great. And I would love to see DreamWorks pivot in that direction as well. That one felt like, after I watched it, like, immediately afterwards, my Tumblr was just full of Puss in Boots stuff. And then it kind of reminded me, like, right, this is what it's like to be in, like, a fandom. And now I want to make art for it. And the Spider-Verse in particular felt like a giant call to artists as well, because the whole idea of, like, anyone can wear the mask was, like, this giant art prompt of, like, what does your Spider-Sona look like? Like, you get to wear it, too. And it was so exciting to, like, watch a movie that was, like, I really want to draw right now. This is just like why I want to do what I do. And Puss and Boots also felt like that. Basically like you gotta get Tumblr back on your side. <laughs> you gotta get like the fandom excited. It's not two thousand twelve. Yes it is. <laughs> We've been over this. This is the this is Shrek. Yeah oh yeah, this is the Shrek. 
Jeff, uh, before we get into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what was your favorite, uh, or what is still your favorite animated anything? That's a good question. I can't I can't think of one off the top of my head, but shows I've recently enjoyed, of course, is like Arcane. Um, and I have been enjoying like uh, the Critical Role animated series because I just I, I like and want to support like more just like it, there's this thing of like we keep turning fantasy into like live action, like the D and D movie and uh, like even sci-fi into live action because it's like, it's supposed to add like a bit more, like it's for adults is a bit more premiere. Um, we're seeing like the critical role animated series be animated was just a nice refreshing change of like, have an adult uh, fantasy sci-fi show as an animation, because you can do anything with animation and you can push things where like, uh D D movie is great and looks great uh, but you're limited with actors and sets and their uh and time limits of vhx industry where like you can do a lot more with a uh, uh just like a straight animated show that was I something i found oh i'm sorry jeff i interrupted oh you. no worries go ahead I was just thinking, like while i was watching the D movie it was really frustrating because like like obviously i love D D. But the whole time I'm thinking, like, you could have so much more fun with the character designs. You can push everything, and you could push all of this if you just made it animation. Animation has no limits. If you can think about it, if you can draw it, you can do it. Where live action has a lot more, like, working against it. It's just animation is generally more expensive and viewed as, like, just specifically for children. But the D&D movie could have been pushed so much more if it was just, like, an animated movie and had the seriousness that, like, something like The Prince of Egypt had. If it was, like, this is what we're doing. Like, I, and by seriousness, I mean, like, taking, um, taking like, the production value of it seriously. I feel like the D... Actually, more like, like the Rodel Dorado kind of thing. But if that would have been so phenomenal and, like, ideal for that kind of movie, just to make it animated. Yeah. We were actually debating... Um... We had a debate going about the Prince of Egypt. If Prince of Egypt was a better movie than Shrek, what do you guys think? They're so different. Uh, what kind of okay? That debate feels like it's just what's better, like throwing pizza things or, at the wall. Yeah, what's a better <laughs> yeah. movie? Uh, I think. What kind of mood are you in? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because like, okay, the Prince of Egypt, arguably like. Okay, are you in the mood to watch, like, Taxi Driver, or are you in the mood to watch, like... Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not even it's not even Shrek 2, which I would say is better than the original Shrek. Yeah, Shrek 2 yeah. is better. That is true. I think... What do you That's guys, a, you guys say? Prince of what Egypt? did you guys settle on? I said Prince of Egypt. I said Shrek. I'm leaning towards Prince of Egypt, because it's just such a... Like, I Prince of Egypt... Is that like a a timeless classic? Where Shrek is also a timeless classic, but it's also the the flaws are there, but in a fun way. But there's no like rave that's coming to Ottawa that's Prince of Egypt themed, you know? Like, yeah, I don't think you can do that in 2023. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the the swarming of the lo- everyone dressed up as locusts. Yeah. Let's all dress swarm the, the stage. Swarm of the locusts. <laughs> Frogs and locusts. Okay, uh, we'll jump into our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles here, but uh, Jeff, what was it like to hold an Emmy? Uh, heavy. Heavy? Really heavy. <laughs> cool, uh, okay. I was afraid of dropping <laughs> it the whole time, like, it, because it does. it's more weighty than you think, and then you're just, like, afraid of, like, 
if this thing hits the ground, is it just going to, like, it feels like it's solid enough to survive, but you also don't know if it's going to just, like, snap. Yeah, okay. when we had our turn of, like, having it at our place, because everyone in the studio, like, we worked on the production, got to, like, have it at their place. I just wanted it gone because the stress of if this breaks, <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to hear about it. That's fair. That's fair. All right. It's like uh, holding a newborn baby, uh, and you're just thinking about what happens if you drop the baby. I don't think about dropping babies. You don't think about that all the time when there's don't newborn Don't let Jeff baby? hold your baby. What? <laughs> I don't think people think about dropping babies. That's Jeff all I does. can think about. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> okay. Um, I just think about the baby falling. Uh, remind me never to let you around uh, any babies anymore. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Good to know that an Emmy is equal to baby, basically. Equal. Uh, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right. Let's jump into our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles review. We all saw this movie. You guys, did you guys see it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. You saw it in 3D. How was that? <laughs> I didn't know they still made 3D An- movies. Annoying. It was annoying? annoying? Uh, because I, I hate 3D being a glasses wear. Uh, oh, you put just, the glasses over the glasses. It sucks to have them on top. Yeah. It's, it's to the point where I'm sure I could find, like, on Amazon, like, 3D glasses filters for your glasses or something like that but because nobody uses 3d anymore i was shocked that the only seats available were 3d yeah uh i'm not prepared and the 3d movie was full yeah (laughs) we went to a 720 showing uh yeah completely full uh filled with like a pretty wide wide range of uh audience of like families and also just uh, adults going to see teenage mutant ninja turtles Mm mm-hmm Cool. Let's get into it. I'll read a little bit of a synopsis before we go into a little bit further. Uh, So this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. After years of being sheltered from the human world, the Turtle Brothers set out to win the hearts of New Yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers. Their new friend, April O'Neil, helps take them on to a mysterious crime syndicate, but they soon get in over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. I'll start with my initial thoughts of the movie. I... Very much like Emily, I didn't have much of an expectation of this movie going in because it felt very much in kin with Spider-Verse, and it, I, the trailers didn't do much for me. I was like, oh, maybe this is just going to be like a Spider-Verse ripoff type of thing. And then when the reviews came out and I saw everyone raving about this, I was pleasantly surprised because I don't have much of a like a backstory with the Turtles. I didn't really grow up with them. Uh, I, I've seen some of the animated show but i haven't seen any of the live action ones as mike and i talked about he's saying i'm missing out on those ones but uh i was pleasantly surprised by the way that they handled the turtles because they've been misturtled (laughs) mistreated (laughs) recently with the uh michael michael bay produced films recently that was 2008 the Michael Bay ones? Yeah. No, Michael Bay was 2014. 2014. Oh, wait, there was a there was a, random, was a random. There was one, also there? one random one that didn't get good reviews. That was that came was out. Is that not the Michael Bay one? No, there was two Michael Bay ones. That one came out in 2014, and one was like 2016, which was like what? such a fast turnaround for a live action Turtles movie. Uh, and what I was pleasantly surprised by was that the teenagers who are all voiced by kids felt like actual teenagers. This didn't feel like a bunch of adults that were just writing stuff for kids and it was just like you usually get like those cringe dialogues it felt genuinely like a bunch of kids talking and i was pleasantly surprised by that because it felt very much like the turtles and i was 
Happy that was to see our that. takeaway from it too, where I was just like, oh, this did not feel like a boomer trying to write like Gen Z. They didn't just randomly throw in like, you don't have riz. Like they just seemed like they talked like normal people. Yeah. I was expecting to hear like low key this or like slang from like a couple yeah. years ago. And it just, it felt really genuine. I also like that they all felt like real people where like, I don't, I'm not a big like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle person by any means, but like... 90s cartoons it usually would be like you have one personality trait and i really like that the turtles didn't feel like like Raphael's is angry but he's not just the angry one you know what i mean like it yeah. it felt like they had more than just one personality trait they felt like real characters i think the decision to use the kids was like so clever it's kind of what you guys said because it really the script itself was really reflective of like what actual kids do talk like like this might be the first movie that actually says riz so mm-hmm. that was weird. They also say sus. Uh, I, one thing I found ro- like a little iffy about that was there were way too many references to things. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of, it. of a lot of the references. It was a, like the Mark Ruffalo reference, not once but twice they referenced Mark Ruffalo in Avengers Endgame. And I'm, I was like, why, why are we talking about Mark Ruffalo? I didn't Hulk, mind bro. that one, like that aspect of it as much because like it's definitely going to date the movie for sure and i think they accepted that but i also kind of like the idea that these characters that are stuck in the sewers and have no like means of actually like communicating with like high school students or anything would get obsessed with the media around them in the same way that like honestly like we certainly did as teenagers too where it's like i just i get so excited by all the media i'm consuming this is the only thing that i can do to like connect with others so i like that they were genuinely really obsessed with like anime the line of like Oh, there's an anime club. This person's done so much for me, and I haven't even met them. Also, feels like like Tumblr kids. You know what I mean? So I, I enjoyed that aspect of it personally. Yeah, I I loved the kids. They they I don't think there was a bad performance in this movie. No, but the kids really like the fact. Uh, I was watching something where Seth Rogen was talking about all the animated movies he's done before and how. Uh, sometimes he would do a movie and only meet the other cast members at the premiere of the movie. And when he would do animated movies and be in the studio with other people, it would be so much better. And so he really wanted to make this movie where everybody was in the same space when they were acting with each other. And you could really tell in the way that they spoke to each other that it was like incredibly authentic and that these people were actually speaking to each other. Uh, One thing I found with um, just going to this movie, I could, I, did not realize I was the only turtle head. Uh, me and Jeff used to do a lot of stuff with the Ninja Turtles. We used to play, which, which which was the one we played on the uh, the NES or the SNES? Turtles Through Time. Turtles Through Time, yeah. That one was sick. Uh, we used to watch the animated show a lot, um, and you are missing out with the live-action movies. I actually think those live-action movies are the reason why I prefer practical effects over... Uh, CGI because the turtles look sick. Well, they're the Jim Henson, m- m- aren't they? Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure yeah. he did the suits yeah. for them. They just look incredible. But the concept of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is so stupid. Oh, ridiculous. It's a Teenage mm-hmm. Mutant Ninja Turtle. And I think the fact that something so stupid can find its own and personal fittings in these decades, like late 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now we have a completely newer version of the turtles, and it's still its own thing. Like I don't it's, get it, honestly. It, I, <laughs> I don't get it. It's its own thing. It's just the idea of it is so completely stupid, but each ge- generation has its own iteration of this ridiculous concept, and it really works for me uh, in this movie. I loved this movie. I thought um, almost everything about it was great. 
Um, I do have some issues, but we'll talk about those after. Um, but I feel like that's like Scooby Doo is kind of similar, where it's like, why does this one stand the test of time? Yeah. What does it offer? What do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> offer each generation that we just keep Pumping going back to it? But even and with... I feel like the the one line that they're like Splinter, I think like the rat character does of like, well, I was an older rat. Uh, and they were babies. So, like, if you think about it, it makes sense. If, <laughs> yeah. if you think about it, sure. And it's like they're very much aware that, like, this is silly. This and is we're a silly concept. In. Yeah. And much like Scooby-Doo, it recreates itself. And this, um, mm-hmm. as someone who loves Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, it w- also was a little bittersweet because, like you were saying, Emily, they aren't one-dimensional characters anymore. These are teenagers who are living in the current day and they're going to have completely different personalities but not just identify by one thing, which is something, you know, older turtle heads are going to have to deal with that this is the new generation of turtles so the lo- the turtles that i loved before they're gone now and i think that's okay because this is a really good movie and i think it leaves itself off for uh, a lot of different sequels and a lot of fun things you could do with it uh, i love this movie who was everyone's mm-hmm. favorite turtle uh, i mean it was I the really Leonardo like, like i feel like growing up you picked a favorite like i, oh, like, I assume that that's how boy- well this movie. after this movie too sure both i don't have a favorite growing up so i mean it was the the leonardo movie basically yeah um yeah so probably him in this movie growing up i don't know everyone liked mikey he ate some pizza nunchucks he had my name <laughs> there you go <laughs> you relate no, to I, I i would say this is also like a his Leo name's movie. jose Okay, Never yeah, whatever. <laughs> what, Jeff? Uh, I would say this movie is like the Leo. Like They made Leo like a really compelling character, which is hard to do for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, every iteration struggles with that of, like, the leader. Yeah. Um, But they made him, like, really genuine. I think it's because he's so genuine in this movie and, like, uh, just wants to do his best. Yeah. I think, too, making, like, a character have a crush on someone else is something so universal that everyone can relate to and dive, like, just makes it so genuine and caring. And that's also why The Amazing Spider-Man is the best uh, Spider-Man movie, like, by far. <laughs> we got to stop getting the <laughs> your, Spider-Man your whole extended it? family on this podcast because <laughs> I feel severely outnumbered with you these You didn't tapes. pay me. I genuinely <laughs> think that. Uh, yeah, but I, Mikey probably was the best for me. What did you guys think of the art in this? It's great. Uh, I love how they animated this movie. It, it, I would I was saying yesterday, I would say the closest animation comparison I'd see is honestly like claymation stop motion. It feels like yeah, it does. How they it did seem very claymationy. Yeah, it, it, honestly, I was thinking like a lot about Fantastic Mr. Fox while watching this movie. That's oh, a really God. good shout. Yeah, it just it's so like quick and like to the pose. Uh, I while you guys were talking a little bit, I was just like took pulled up a trailer. I was just going frame by frame of the animation of it and just like what they do to like uh, just like play around with timing, like where lighting effects is like on every six frames and the characters are moving on every two frames um and the characters don't even move on the same frame sometimes like if they, like they'll move on op- opposite frames where it's one frame one character's moving then the other frame the other character's moving and it's like really cool uh and it's just like not only just the designs of the characters but the way they move it's just like pushed in uh, a really interesting way and just experimental in a really fun way 
I think one of the things I love the most about the animation was that the whole movie is about the mutants, so the turtles, all the extended mutants. But the humans are really the ones that look really weird and like kind of off kiltered, and I think that was their a really smart. Looked like they were falling out of their face. Yeah, the time. I think that's such a yeah. a really smart like comparison to do because it's, they're supposed to be the ones that are evil, like to the the humans' eyes, and the ones that are like scary. But in real reality, it was the humans that all looked scary and off kiltered and weird. I thought that was really clever. That's like a small little thing that if you pick up on it, it fits mm-hmm. with the theme of the film really well and the movie has a lot of that the theming of the film is very good and it the ability to play within that certain aspects with the animation with it looking like a kid was drawing and scribbling like you see with the action you see white streaks everywhere because it's like slightly unfinished and it looks good it looks really cool the way they did that the people too like i if you look at like the way like children draw it'll be like one like kind of square shape and then uneven ears and all the people felt like silhouettes of how children would just draw a person yeah actually <laughs> they're really yeah. clunky and just like i i don't know how to explain it's hard to talk about art in a podcast where i can't yeah. <laughs> elaborate in the way that i want to there's no visual medium here well, uh, well, yeah, we're not even shooting this one for YouTube. I know. We lost our camera today. I know. Um, we would have put uh, some visuals up there. On. <laughs> um, one thing I, I, I loved about the art, too, was how early, like, Turtles and, and comic booky versions, it felt very grungy in, like, late 80s and 90s, and it sort of expressed itself through the art, and especially the music in this movie. It really, really wanted to tell you that this is where it's from, but it's new, mm-hmm. and I, it, it that came across for me at least. Yeah, like the the '80s remixes uh, were really fun and cool, and it's just it's like, yeah, this is a throwback to the '80s, but like, it's also very modern at the same time. Yeah, I loved. They really uh, dove in because in any other movie, you would be like, oh, it's a giant fly, and they're playing Superfly. <laughs> okay, but like, it's really funny here, and just. Like, they really dove in. Yeah, there were generally some, like, laugh-out-loud moments uh, that I, f- I got from this. Uh, I really loved Post Malone randomly in this as Ray Filet. Every time he was singing, it was always funny. Uh, there's, like, Mr. Beast cameo randomly. Yeah, what? That was so <laughs> weird. I don't know why he was in this movie. Did you uh, guys was, recognize their voices, like, right away? Po- yeah. Post, I didn't. Because yeah, I remember Mike post. turned to me. He was like, yo, that was Post. I was like, what? Paul Rudd, I did immediately. And Paul Rudd's my MVP of this movie. I think he's the he's the funniest character by far. Oh, I thought that was the Lonely Island guy. No, that's Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that it was, like... That was the little lizard. The Brooklyn Nine-Nine guy is the lizard. Andy Samberg? I didn't realize it was Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was Andy Samberg. Yeah, no, Paul Rudd did what? so good with that role. <laughs> Which one was Mr. Beast? I, I don't like, know what Mr. Beast sounds like. I think so it's I when the Splinter was like in Times Square and he's like, "Hey, he's a giant rat." Or something. He just like has one <laughs> line. He just says one thing in the movie. Uh, I, he was your MVP in that. I th- I loved um, Jackie Chan in this. I thought he was so mm-hmm. good in it. And I think the thing that I loved about the Jackie Chan part was in his fight scene. It felt such like a classic Jackie Chan fight scene. Like it wasn't just oh a rat fighting they like it felt like they looked at like um old jackie chan movies and they oh, saw I, the way I was that saying jackie the exact chan same thing yesterday of like because old jackie chan movies he gets beat up a lot it's like it, it's a struggle when he fights because he's like overcoming like an act like a, an obstacle 
So he takes a lot of punches in his old movies and like watching Splinter, like, yeah, he gets like pushed around and knocked around a lot. And he like uses the environment around him to like combat them, like using the office chair. Yeah. And it, it was like a brutal fight. I also like that they didn't cut away from punches like in a lot of movies do. Yeah. So I was thinking about this from like the whole time I'm watching this and I'm like, they're not cutting. Usually I'd be told like, from like the storyboard perspective, there's like that one long pan that is just going along, watching them all fight for a long amount of time. And it's switching between all the gangs and then switching between the turtles. And I was just thinking how usually it would cut. Usually it would be like, hey, you go to punch and then you show the impact of the punch like constantly. But it's very, very slow. And it's like they clearly have like a love of actual like martial arts. And here is how the motion is actually happening. Here is how this kind of like dynamic works within these characters and it didn't cut away very much it clearly like really loved old kung fu movies because everything was so slow and it was so much more about like have the animator do the action correctly instead of like using shorthand language to cut between and your brain is supposed to like kind of figure out in between those shots how it works and the movie didn't do that at all yeah not at all but not a lot I just loved how every action scene was different. I think that was my main takeaway with it is that, like you mentioned, like the long takeaway. The montage one is, I think, my favorite. My uh, favorite, too. The, just the match on action that they were doing with just like switching between everything and matching and just seeing it was just gorgeous to watch unfold. And then the, the, the music in the background banged during mm-hmm. that scene. But I, I love that scene in particular. I think that one was gorgeously animated. Yeah, the climax I, 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 fight scene felt way different than the montage fight scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I was. I think the first fight scene is my favorite, just because of how it's it's such a a brutal fight scene because they get hit a lot in that sh- uh, like uh, fight scene. I was thinking about this like uh, it's funny that we're seeing a lot more violence in kid movies again. Um, like I was thinking, like uh, we're seeing like the turtles get knocked around and punched. Um, and it feels like it's been a while since there's been violence in kids' movies. And, like, even Puss in Boots last year where we saw people get eaten by plants and turned into skeletons. Um, it's just interesting to see not pulling the punches anymore. And yeah, they used the word kill. Yeah, they used yeah. the word kill. They got killed, those uh, guys in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just crazy. Um, what do you guys not like about this movie? It, it, overall, it's like it's a really good movie. It was like a really good vibe. But I don't think it was like anything like super, super special. Like it wasn't yeah. like, oh, this is like the must see animated movie of the year. It was just like a fun animated movie this to see this year. Like it was just good, solid, but not like uh, it. It wasn't like seeing uh, the first Spider Verse for the first time. Yeah, that was my it was ma- a tall order. True. Yeah. That was my main takeaway, though. I feel like the film is very good. However, I think that this is a very good setup movie and that the possibilities outside of this movie for a franchise around this type of animation, around these type of creators, because it's very obvious that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg care about the Turtles, and it was evident in this film. I think that when they're able to step away and look, okay, the first one was successful, the second one's already greenlit, so it is happening, they're going to be able to create a more memorable film because this was like we've seen a movie like this before it's nothing really memorable i think it's a good introduction film to people like me who is not really huge on the turtles and to come in and care for these characters and then think of a promise in the future that'll be a lot stronger film 
So that was my thing. It's not really like much of a knock. It was just doesn't stick with me as much of as other films would. But I'm very excited about the the future. I think I'm in the same boat as you, Jake, too, where I'm like, I'm glad I watched it, but I don't know if I would ever, like, seek it out. Or, like, when I get sick, I don't know if I'd, like, rewatch it, you know? But I think that if there's, like, a second one in theaters, I would go to see it. And also, we're all coming at it from a position of people who don't have children, where I'm sure if you have a child, this must have been such a breath of fresh air of a movie to watch. That it was just like, this is fun. This is a good soundtrack. This is, like, stimulating for me in a way that I feel like there's plenty of like children's cartoons that don't do that for adults. Yeah. I'm sure adults are loving the fact that they are able to see Spider-Verse and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and not just see illumination film after illumination film in theaters with their kids and be bored out of their minds because those Mm -hmm. are squarely kids movies versus these are well still oriented to that, but they can hit all ages, which is what I love about them. Hmm. (laughs) I found the story was really one dimensional. Um, yeah. it's pretty basic. Uh, like we've all seen this story before. I thought like ice is ice cube. Um, Superfly Super was born uh, to play that role. He was, he, yeah, he was, he was so good. They just introduced him so late that you just, you couldn't really fall in love with him and what he was doing, but he was doing such a good job. So I was kind of taken out by that. And mostly it like, it did take a while for the movie to really start. Yeah. My my biggest issue too. I know you guys are saying that it is for, you know, like everybody and everybody can watch it. It it did feel very kid glovey, um, like it felt more like uh, Super Mario, where it was more kitty than it than it felt like um, Puss in Boots or, or Into the Spider Verse. Uh, like, That's fair. I There's think no it, uh, representation of death in this movie. <laughs> I think it just it treated the uh, like kids like they weren't as smart as I think kids are nowadays. Like I don't I don't think you need to hide them from a lot of things. I know it does say kill and they show punches, but the script itself felt like very, um, it wasn't necessarily like for- Like hand-holdy? Yeah, it was very hand-holdy, which I was kind of surprised because it is Seth Rogen and uh, what's his name, Goldberg. Evan Goldberg. Evan Goldberg. Um, and they, I don't know. They've you done... should tell that to the kid who was in our theater who was like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? I just, I, I think they could have they could have had more depth with it. Like- one thing you get from uh, old Raphael is like the depth of how his anger and such, and and that wasn't really represented in this movie. Uh, but I do I do like that they change the characters. Like it's not the teenage mutant shows we had before. At the same time, yeah. they're at the start of their powers, right? Like they're not the turtles that you know at like the peak of yeah, their it's abilities. Reintroducing them. I just I, yeah. I would have liked to see more depth. Um, from the script think, and from the characters, because I don't think kids are as stupid as this movie sort of wants kids to be when they're right. watching it. I, I agree with you. I think like two of the turtles kind of didn't get a lot to work with, Raphael and Mikey. Yeah. Um, where like Donatello and Leonardo were l- really the highlight uh, highlights of the four. Uh, they just had like the. It felt like they had the most lines, and they felt like they had the most uh, just genuine like character where. Uh, Raphael and Mikey. Mikey was just like vibes. He wasn't even like making the zingers, which was interesting. Yeah. He was just vibing the whole time. And then Raphael was just like, he was fun, but like, he kind of was just angry. Yeah. But Mike, to- what would you say would be like an example of a movie that it's like, no, we're not treating the kids like they're like dumb? Like, what would be an example of what well, you're Spider Verse? I, I just watched Spider Verse, and like that's pretty targeted towards kids, but like. It doesn't. It doesn't hold your hand through it. It's about. It's just. A good I don't even movie. think Spider Verse is targeted towards kids. 
but, but it yeah, is. I didn't so. think of that one either. I don't know why. I just don't feel like it's targeted towards kids. But maybe it's because it I'm is, though. really vain and I'm like, it's targeted towards me. I just felt the movie was closer to Super Mario where it was just stupid um, than it was to Spider-Verse. When it comes to the, I don't the know development I, of the character. I don't know if I agree. Or with the that. development of the what they're talking about. Mario was literally just zero. There was zero character development in zero that movie character. at all. That movie was just I, flashy. I struggled to get through Mario. Yeah. Like, I didn't watch it. I felt like it was just going to be, here's a plot. We've put in these characters. Like, just, just go. Well, that's just Where illumination. I feel like the turtles were... More like it clearly came from a place of like these people were fans yeah. of the yeah. series. I just I don't think the people watching that movie like the kids. I, I don't think you need to hold the kids' hands through this anymore. Like you can you can no, explore different different things. I think and it just felt very one dimensional. Killed as well. Yeah. Yeah. More more puss in boots death where people are just outright killed. I don't think yeah. you need to explore There's death. There's so much death in that movie. But there I'd is like to, so much death. <laughs> I think you should explore other things. Like it, I I agree with Jake's point though. It is a setup movie and they yeah. probably will eventually do that. Um I I that's that was just my only like honestly downside of this movie. I I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this, but I was like emotional at the end of this movie. I was like teary eyed because this was a franchise or this whatever you want to call what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something that was like pretty near and dear to my heart and like watching this movie especially by the end it ends in such a different way than I thought it would like I thought any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie would never go that direction it sets itself sets itself up for something that is just the end that's just not the turtles mm-hmm. that I know anymore um, I, I honestly feel like the end of Toy Story 3 where he's like <laughs> dropping his toys because it's like yeah. it's over like but other people will enjoy it there's no, something very exciting. With, oh no, Jeff, you go ahead. I was gonna say I agree with Michael. Where like it is like it, it was interesting watching this movie because I feel like I haven't thought about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in like ten years, and I was like I don't remember anything about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I was watching this movie, and it all started coming back to me, and like I remembered everything from my childhood about them. I was like, oh yeah, I do know a lot about the Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles. Uh, and I did also like feel emotional at the end, like when Mikey drops the his mask uh, to Splinter at the end. Yeah, I was like teary eyed in the theater at that. It was that scene too, especially. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Sorry, there's something about no, nothing to be sorry for. Um, I was thinking about how this. I also like I didn't grow up with the turtles, but it was something that made me feel nostalgia. But because of like. With the Spider-Verse for me personally, I'd watch that and be like, I wish I grew up with this. I would have been so excited. I would have gotten so into Spider-Man. Where I felt like I couldn't get into Spider-Man necessarily as much growing up. Because, like, I felt like to be in the Spider-Man universe as a girl and I couldn't separate myself from being a girl. I couldn't really be in it. And there was something really exciting about watching the Spider-Verse where, like, I wish that, like, eight-year-old me could have watched it first that you kind of feel like a kid watching it again and I didn't grow up with the turtles but it was something that I was like I would have really liked this as a kid because I like watching all like the kung fu fight scenes and everything it's the perfect time to reintroduce the turtles back I think yeah yeah, yeah. I I don't know did anyone uh, watch uh, Rise of the TMNT like it was a really short-lived animated series that was on like a year or two ago I did not um Never it just has some of the most amazing 2D animation. There's a movie on Netflix. It's really well reviewed. I, it is like a little bit. Uh, oh, it's just like yeah, anime animation. What I was rem- it called? Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage. I remember. When I was, oh, I've uh, heard of this. I was curious about why it looked like that. Ben Schwartz, isn't it? I love Ben Schwartz. 
but uh, it has some oh, of the most amazing one. 2D animation. It, it, it sucks that it didn't get the recognition it deserves because it's a beautiful looking TV show. Oh, oh wow. yeah, this looks amazing. From this. It's insane. It's only got 40 episodes. Gotta give this a check. Check it, check it out. I think it right, is. So are we gonna like... binge this series and meet back next week? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I it, I, I, at least I think I will watch the movie on Netflix. Yeah. Yes. It, that came out already, right? That was this year as yeah. well? 2022. Or last I, or, year. August. Yeah. Like a year ago tomorrow. Or no. Well, three days ago. <laughs> that kind of that also came and went. I don't think that I heard anything about that movie. I remember it happening, yeah. but yeah. I don't remember anyone talking about it. Yeah. Netflix doesn't promote anything. Yeah, that's a completely different subject. <laughs> <laughs> this um, series looks so good. Like, the designs are so... It feels like Sean Galloway designed them. He designed the Spectacular Spider-Man, which is one of my favorite Spider-Man series. This looks amazing. Spectacular Spider-Man was in Spider-Verse, right? That was the yeah. dude with the dot in the yeah. middle of his head? Okay. Yeah. I was trying to yeah, remember where like I saw him. he has, like, one mole under his eye. Yeah. It's a really good series. Yeah. I was trying to remember where I saw that, and then you said the name, and I was like, I swear that that's that must be it. Okay. That one's on Disney+. Plus. If you're like, I just want something on in the background it will eventually like it'll suck you in after a little bit it was what got me really obsessed with uh spider-man cool cool we want to give some ratings for tmnt let's do it i will go first i gave it a three and a half i think just wrapping up my points i think this is a very good start to a franchise that a lot of kids are going to love a lot of adults teenagers that grew up with this franchise is going to come back and be reinvested in i think the ending uh post-credit scene we're not gonna talk about it i don't think there's really any reason to talk about it sets up a very pretend like it's very exciting for a lot of fans of this franchise and i'm excited to see where they go with this i hope that they let these characters uncork a little bit more and knowing that they are able to capture their spirit has me on board for the next couple ones nice uh i gave it a four and a half i loved this movie i think it's more it speaks to the nostalgia of the turtles for me and it it opens up a new generation um, to the Turtles, and I'm just glad people are going to be able to experience uh, the Turtles. Was it a perfect movie? No. It had it flaw- It had its flaws. It was a very one-dimensional story. I wish they explored more of the villain, um, but I love what they did with it and how each character is now a new character. It's not really the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that we know, and I hope they can do something very special with it. So four and a half for me. What about you guys? I'll give, give it, it oh, oh, Jeff, you, Jeff, you go first. Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a four. I think it's real. like the animation is just, like really, really good. Uh, the story is like, it's serviceable. It's fun. It, like it's easy to follow, but I don't think it's anything like special. Um, but uh, I think it would probably get a 4.5 for me if they gave uh, Mikey and Raph a little bit more um, because I want to see the whole, all the turtles like, uh, like get their they get their spotlight. Um, it's weird at the end where like they're, he, Leonardo's giving the speech and he's like, uh, Mikey and Raph, you're gonna do these things, and you never really see them do the things. <laughs> like you never see Mikey improv, you never see Raph like go big. Uh, Donatello kind of just throws the thing into the uh, whale hole. Yeah, um, what you do see is underwhelming. Yeah, I want I wanted more for those two characters because they're like I, I like Raph is my favorite character and. I didn't get enough from from him, um, and maybe we get a bit more if uh, there was a, a like a 
a woman a turtle for Emily. Uh, where's Venus de Milo? Bring her back. We're, we're rebooting turtles. We need Venus de Milo. I like Leo fine enough, but thank you. Fair enough. Uh, I'll give it four pizza slices out of five. I think it was really good for what it was trying to be, and it felt really fresh. And I just enjoyed it. So Nice. Cool. Yeah. I think overall, in an average of four, we give it four pizza slices. I like how you put that uh, for the yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. We all recommend it. Um, yeah. Go see it. Go see it. Movies are back. Go check it out. Absolutely. And the movies are back. Heck yeah. Not Ruby Gilman, though. Yeah. That one is not. Don't do that. Uh, I, I, I let's, was... uh, let's all just watch that one and just discuss. <sighs> I, I feel like there wouldn't be much to talk about. I don't though. think so either. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's a reason they didn't ask us to talk about the Mario movie. If you guys wanted to talk about the Mario movie, I'd be like, I'm not coming on. I'm not watching that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to talk about that movie at yeah. all. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, I did want to quickly, before we do what we normally do with our normal wrap-ups at the end of pods, I wanted to ask <laughs> uh, one, it, we can go like a little round table. If you had just one recommendation for our listeners uh, of an animated product that we didn't talk about, a property, whether a TV, movie, that you would recommend for everyone to seek out and watch. We'll start with the uh, the professionals first. Um, do you guys have anything on the top of your head that you can think of? Yeah, maybe start with you so they can think sure. about it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, fine. Uh, I'll go that I've been I, – I talked about it a little bit on the last uh, – I think it was two podcasts ago – this was a movie that, speaking of what Netflix doesn't promote, came out this year. This was originally supposed to be under Fox's regime, and then they sold regime. That's not a word. Regime. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and regime. then, sure, I can't speak I can't English. Think it's a word that you're regime. thinking of It's like blocked. Jeff said it. It's okay. It's, it's it's a common thing on this podcast. <laughs> uh, this is was supposed to be under them developing it, and then once they sold to Disney, Disney canned it. Yeah, Netflix picked it up. Uh, Nimona, this movie, gorgeously animated, one of the most adult-feeling films that I've felt in a while, and it deals, and I've never seen a movie deal with, openly, with LGBTQ plus um, issues, story-likes, like the entire arcs are just all so gorgeously handled, and I was shocked that this was originally, like, the, 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 it makes sense that Disney cancel it, to be honest, because Disney loves to go around and tout, oh, look at our first ever non-binary character in said movie, and then they're only have five seconds of dialogue, and then they're gone, uh, versus this is just like openly, like it doesn't care, and it's just so in your face, and it's like, get on board, love it, and I loved every second of it. I loved the voice acting. Chloe Grace Moretz was fantastic. Riz Ahmed as well was really good. It's just such a fun animated film that like was tugging at my heart the entire time and also has a pretty cool setting it's a uh, very medieval but also futuristic at the same time so very cyberpunk-esque and uh, i was a really big fan of this movie netflix of course didn't promote it it's gotten incredible reviews i hope that the oscars give it some recommendation some love uh next year and that's my recommendation for films michael uh i gotta think here there's a ton I really like. Um, okay, I'll go with uh, Marquis 
uh, I don't know if it's even like animated, but it kind of is. It's like stop motion. Um, stop motion's animation. Yeah. Oh, it's about a pre-French Revolution Bastille where various political prisoners are being held. A woman who was hard and impregnated by the king, a police chief who was accused of selling bad pork, and the Marquis de Sade who was unjustly accused of working f- to overthrow the king. Um, it's basically about his time in prison and how he escapes, essentially. And he talks to his wiener, who is also a character, and it has a face. Oh. A very weird French movie. Uh, I really, really like it. <laughs> I, I'm trying to uh, offer something more than Prince of Egypt. Um, that's just a movie I love. It's French. It's very weird, very sure. gross. Never heard of it. Uh, from 1989. So go check that out. Cool. <laughs> uh, I'd say okay, Spectacular Spider-Man for sure. That one's on Disney+. Plus. It got canceled after its second season and does leave on a cliffhanger. But like, it's phenomenal. It's really, really good. And then this is my odd one out um a goofy movie too an extremely goofy movie x game is mode. very fun yeah the x game they made a sequel the- oh it's the better one dude it's oh my god it's so they go to the good. x games i make jeff watches all college the time. bradley upper crust the third is such a silly looking character and the animators went so hard with drawing him Highly recommend having a drink and watching that movie. It's so fun. I like the first one a lot. I didn't know they made a sequel. Better, Yeah, bro. the first one is very, very heartfelt and wonderful. And the second one is like early 2000s. You oh. guys want to watch some extreme extreme skateboarding? Speaking we all my love language that, right, right now. They go to college. Do you know what they go to college for? No. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Hey. You never learn what they go to college for at all. That's, it's phenomenal. That's uh, that's going on my list because I I love the first one. So I I think you'll love it. Cool, Jeff. Um, man, I, I was thinking like uh, it's hard not to just recommend Arcane, but we already did that earlier in the uh, episode. Um, but thinking back at like just great anime movies, um, and I, I'm gonna say Fantastic Mr. Fox because. TMNT just reminded me so much of it of how it's animated, and that's just like a great, great uh, animated movie. It's so funny, it's so well done, it's so charming in every single way. Uh, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think it's one of my top animated movies. Uh, um, and besides that, uh, because of the death of Paul Rubens, uh, I would say like check out Pee Wee's Big Adventure because it's like the most animated live action movie i can think of hmm. everything is filmed like it's animation cool and it, it it's just like a great movie to watch like it, it you can tell like tim Burton. it's his first directorial debut and you can tell he's like fresh from the animation studio when he made this heck yeah i haven't seen that either i'm not a huge tim burton fan but i've heard so many good things about that movie that I think... i'm not either jeff didn't tell me that until after we finished watching the movie <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. You liked it. Pardon? So you liked it too? So a a non-tip. Oh, I loved it. Jeff and I went as Dottie and Pee Wee for Halloween last year. Cool. So a non-Tim Burton fan like me will like that too. Yeah, it's a incredible movie. Cool. All right. All time. All time. I got some recommendations. So Nimona, whatever the hell that Wiener movie that you recommended, (laughs) Spectacular Spider Man. As well as, uh, sorry, extremely, extremely goofy, goofy movie, movie too. That <laughs> one's first, dude. That one's the first one, and then fantastic. Are you making Mr. a newsletter? Fox. 
Is this going to be on the newsletter? Uh, we should. We're nah. we're <laughs> we uh we'll put, we'll put out a graphic with what we recommend. Yeah, I we'll love fandoms with homework. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anywho, thanks for joining us, guys. We will let you go for the end of our pod here. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for talking a little turtles with us. Uh, Cowabunga dudes, uh, let the good people know where they could find you or what you guys are working on or what you guys are up to. Or not. Not uh, all at once. I, <laughs> I can never tell like who's going to go first. Oh, it's true. interesting. Oh, no uh, you can find me at my IMDB page. Uh, IMDB page. Uh, not as Jeff Jose Collins. Um, <laughs> I think I'm like the 26th Jeff. But a serious answer, I'm uh, just Jeffer on Instagram. Just, uh, just underscore Jeffer. Yeah, and I also have my art Instagram account that's Steckley's on fire, and it's just S T E C K L Y, and then S and on fire. So yes, we will link yeah. all of those in the description to this podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for joining, guys. We have to get you on later when there's another big animated thing. Now we I loved having your insights on there. It was awesome hearing everything. Thanks for having us. No worries. I'm glad to be on. Talk to you guys later. Cowabunga, guys. Cowabunga, dude. Cowabunga. Bye. All right. Big thank you to Jeff Collins and Emily Steckley for joining us on this podcast. I love their insights. Incredible. I, it's so cool to pick animators' minds, especially since yeah. it's an industry that I feel like not a lot of people give as much respect to as they should. Uh, and hearing about like the future of animation and their all their thoughts, I, I just love getting to pick their brain. Yeah, awesome. that was great. That was that was excellent. That was, that was awesome. Very very happy with how that turned out. Should thanks we get for doing that, guys? Yeah, thanks for doing that, guys. Should we get into what we watched this week? Let's do it. Uh, what did you watch this week, Michael Collins? I I literally was just trying to remember that. You go. <laughs> uh, I did actually watch stuff. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I don't know. Do you want my takes on? that? you watched Spider Verse. Okay, so can you? Oh yeah. Do you want my Spider Verse? Yeah. Can you officially tell me your Spider Verse takes? Uh, it's really long. It's a really long movie. It's like an hour too long. I don't agree with an hour too long. I do think it is long. It's long. I don't think you could have made that movie without it being that long, though, unfortunately. That's the thing. I don't know what uh, you would cut yeah, out of it. It's nothing really too The Peter out. Parked car. <laughs> it was great. Uh, it, that was, it was so funny. It was one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Um, I love what they did with Miles Morales' character. I think that's such a great pivot from what he actually is to something so great. Um I know we debate a lot about Spooderman on this podcast, Apparently. but I don't think you need to anymore, especially now in 2023, be true to the actual original whatever version of the character that you want to be. You don't have to do that anymore. And I think this movie did it perfectly where they switched where he's the being the first anomaly is like such a great idea. Like I think they did that perfectly. Sorry, spoiler alert for that the movie. Uh, everyone has seen, seen it by, by now. now. Uh, but it was incredible. It was uh, so good. Um, I think I enjoyed Turtles more. That's really? my hot take. Okay. Um, but this is clearly the better movie by like okay. a landslide. I, I'll take that. Uh, this is like one of the best movies uh, probably in a very long time. Are you willing to say it's better than The Amazing Spider-Man 1? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think about the having Uncle Ben as a core moment for every Spider-Man? I thought it was uh, so clever. It wasn't just Uncle Ben. It was just uh, your, Uncle Ben and your uncle. Yeah, your but whatever, you know, what I mean, your, the the, the arc of like. the your the father figure yeah, being yeah. the Dying? core the core moment of what makes Spider Man Spider Man. Yeah, I thought that was cool. 
I guess really clever. It's the whole point of Spider-Man, though, so I don't think it was clever. I think it was I think it's obvious. cool that it made no, the, the linking of it all between everything is that it just mm-hmm. it's all linked. It was cool. It just, I don't know. I don't think it was clever. It felt very obvious. That, I, that's the whole with great power comes great responsibility aspect of Spider-Man, which is the entire character. True. I, I do love that in this movie is it's obviously incomplete because of Beyond the Spider-Verse, which did get delayed yeah. officially. Um, but at the same time, this is still a complete movie. And it does what yeah. most oh, second films do is that this is a film that takes its characters and has a complete arc outside of an arc. Yeah. So Miles had a complete arc in this film yeah. in growing into becoming his own Spider-Man, which the first one was about anyone can wear the mask. This one is about finding yourself. Yeah. And Miles' character arc is handled so well. Gwen's character, tremendous. And I it put the, the Spots character also... Shout out the spot. Jason Schwartzman, it might be one of my favorite villains, from turning him into this guy, just the villain of the week, to the actual menacing villain and a little terrifying to look at because the spot's creepy looking. Yeah. It's such a good movie. I should have seen it again with you. I <laughs> I should have seen it before it came out of theaters. Uh, I love this soundtrack. What did you think of it? Because I also have issues with the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack's really good. I felt like it, it kind of went the way of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where it felt like almost like a... Did you not like the Dominic Fike song in the middle of it? Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Uh, uh, it just felt... It didn't feel like it was its own version of the soundtrack. It felt like I was just trying to copy the original one or the first one. The score, however. The is, score was... Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, Forgot I, to I, mention I, about the Turtles as well. Trent Reznor and oh, yeah. Ross did that score. Beauty. Crazy. Beautiful. So good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, you can't really complain about the movie. It was oh. just so damn good. I'm so happy you saw it. I'm so happy you liked it. I'm I'm valid. I'm validated. Validated. Valid. You can't speak anymore. I am. Shush. Anyway, I I'm so happy that you saw it and you loved it. Did you watch anything else outside of Spider Verse and Turtles Since or no? One day. No, I think that was it. No. Oh, I've uh, been watching Eight Simple Rules. Shout out David Spade and John or yeah, Mr. Ritter. <laughs> Never heard Kaylee of it. Kaylee Cuoco. You've never seen Eight Simple Rules? No. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Uh, it was Kaylee Cuoco, Kathy Siegel, Sakal, uh, John Ritter. Uh, and then John, when John Ritter died, mm. they, he died while filming that show. So they killed him in the show and they replaced him with the old grandpa from The Notebook and David Spade. Mm. It's pretty good, man. It's like a classic uh, sitcom. Yeah, I probably won't watch it. I, yeah, you don't like TV or anything. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Weird thing to say. Uh, I didn't watch much this week as well. Uh, the one thing I did start was Heartstopper. Second season yeah, how came was out. It? I did not binge at all like I said okay, it was going okay, okay. to. I watched just the first two episodes. Picks up where it left off. Very cute, very sweet. does seem like they actually are focusing more on other characters that aren't just the two leads which is very good because that was my main issue with the last season was outside of charlie and nick every other character was just kind of generic it feels like they're doing a lot better on them this season so i was a big fan of that and i will continue to watch that as well i watched five minutes of gone girl are you proud of me only five minutes five minutes of gone girl and i will continue to watch gone girl it's great. We're going to do like Even you the do first five and minutes just are good. segment it off like Avatar. Ah, that's two. a good movie. you got to watch the actual – got to watch it. All your, it's your guy, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> You're linking him to me now? Yeah. You're the only fan of Barney. 
Which is a weird thing to say. I oh, I watched uh, Bombshell last night, too. Oh, did you? Yeah. You're not a fan? No, it was incredible. The movie's amazing. Really? <laughs> yeah. What's okay. wrong with Bombshell? I thought it was okay. Oh, I just thought it was completely carried by the story. It's just a crazy story. Yeah, the story is really crazy. The acting is uh, phenomenal. Very good. Charlie's Theron. Oh, my God. John Lithgow? Wow. I've seen a lot of people like complaining about that movie, and I was like, why? It's a perfectly like- Were they men? Probably. <laughs> Makes sense. It just it felt so sad to watch that after Barbie 2. just feel so empowered about the way that, I don't know, society is viewing stuff now, and then, oh, God. So it's just a tough watch sometimes when you watch that type of content. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, it is sad. It is a good movie, though, so everyone should go watch it. it was yeah, not, incredible. It was nominated for stuff for a reason. It's not just because, I don't know oh, why. Phenomenal performance. It's a very man. good movie. I'm glad she already has an Oscar because she deserves an Oscar like in every movie she does. <laughs> Charlie's, <there. laughs> Charlie's, yeah. She's one of my favorite actresses. Uh, before we get into this, there's been a couple celebrity deaths. I feel like we should probably address them. Uh, the first one is Angus Cloud of Euphoria fame. Uh, shocking death. He's 25 years old, unfortunately passed away. It was a lot of uh, overdose was the official oh, was it? Yeah, uh, release. On purpose, though? Cause his yeah, dad, his yeah. dad had, had died, passed away the week before, which is yeah. so it's a heartbreaking death for him. And do not continue Euphoria without him because he's the only also, good character it's bad, in the show. So just stop it. That's true, too. So that was a really unfortunate death as well. Mark Margolis, who was in Breaking Bad as Hector Salamanca, uh, died at 83 today. So that is two deaths that I wanted to highlight there because Margolis. They are both very good actors and deserve some to have their name remembered. And I'm very saddened by. Both of their deaths. I love both of them in both of the stuff and in Better Call Saul. He was also in. Well, a movie we just talked about, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Hey, he's in that movie too. No, Paul, Paul Rubens died, Pee-wee. Oh, yes. That was last week. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we should mention that one as well. We we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, he's the, obviously a cultural icon with Pee-wee Herman. Uh, so I felt like we should acknowledge them. And yeah. I think that's a – it happens all the time. We're not going to do like the Academy does where they have – like an in memoriam, and like people are clapping in the background because that's like, Woo! yeah, that's I know that one. So distasteful. Oh, you didn't mention. Um, I watched the first episode. You didn't mention How to with John Wilson came out. Which, uh, if you haven't seen that, freaking amazing movie. Or, oh, not was movie, that last TV week? show? TV show. Yeah, it came out last. First I did have it on my week. list. I forgot to mention yeah, it. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite shows. Season three, right? Two or season, three, three. It three, should yeah, be season yeah, three. Yeah. three, three. Um, great first episode. I don't know how he can find so much footage man it's actually crazy have you seen it i watched the first season i have not oh, watched past it first one's so good that first episode where he goes to cancun it's pretty so funny. funny um very yeah, nathan the, fielder the nathan fielder well, he, he, produce, he, he produces right? it yeah. so it makes sense anyway go check that one out just wanted to highlight that absolutely uh let's talk about what stuff is coming out in theaters and the silver screens and your ipads for you that you can watch obviously teenage mutant ninja turtles came out on wednesday gonna highlight it again we talked about it it people normally films come out on fridays not these movies and mission impossible apparently the meg 2 yes let's go got horrible reviews people love it though even worse than the first meg isn't that weird though all i hear is like yeah but you gotta go see it because it's so stupid and fun he punches a shark or something or like there's one of the best kills apparently in a movie uh so well, we should go check that out. I probably will not. Also, what's with all the vampire stuff this year? I don't know. There's a lot of vampires. 
Feels like vampires are very in at the Not moment. Not that a shark is a vampire. But although maybe sharks are Sharks vampires. could be vampires. Maybe that's why they're eating. We don't discriminate. Who knows? Uh, for TV... <laughs> <laughs> for TV, not too, too much this weekend. The Lost Flowers of Al's Heart on Prime. There's a couple more Netflix shows that are coming out that no one's probably going to be checking out. Uh, but the big one on Sunday is Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty Season 2 is back. This is much acclaimed. It's about the Lakers. Do you H- like it? HBO. Uh, not as huge. Yeah, me neither. I, and I, I, it's we okay. both love basketball. Yeah, it's okay. I was not big on this. Would have been better if Bo Burnham stayed as Larry Bird. Okay, grow up. <laughs> Get over Bo Burnham, dude. I will never get over Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham is my guy. Why? Can I interest you in everything all of the time? It's not like smart. A little bit of everything. saying things that he does. (laughs) Have you ever seen a white woman's Instagram? Have you? I I learned all about it through that song. (laughs) (laughs) And that about wraps up everything (laughs) in there. Tremendous segue yeah, to end off right. the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, it wraps up everything there. That was a. I, I had a lot of fun with that pod. That was great hearing all that yeah, stuff. That almost didn't get made again. Ugh. Ugh. Well, it is. Next <laughs> it time is. we'll have our videos back up again. Uh, sucks we couldn't have a video for this one, but yeah, you do what you can. You do what you can. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get more TikToks up. We'll clip. I I did get some clips for this. We will clip. Oh, something yeah. and put some more yeah, stuff up there'll on be some TikTok. stuff on there uh, um, Mike where can they find us on all this stuff yes at the Cinemates pod on um, X and TikTok Twitter. now yes old Twitter TikTok. Uh, Mike Jose Collins on X you can find all our link trees everything's in, dis- in the description anyway uh, Jake underscore Schultz 6 yeah. um, and you can catch him on Dream Team pod uh, about basketball I was on for a host on that episode this week you see where he brought the chaotic energy brought the chaos uh, got some fans got some shout outs so I don't you. know if they're fans thank you everybody for uh, <laughs> reaching out to me anywho uh, that's going to conclude our captivating journey through the enchanting world of animation today so we hope you enjoyed uh, our insightful discussion with Jeff and Emily and gained a deeper appreciation for the artistry and craftsmanship behind the the anim- the screen the animated sure things. yeah anyway a big thank you to them uh for sharing their valuable insights and experiences and giving us a glimpse into the magic that uh, brings those characters and stories to life through animation uh we also want to express our heartfelt gratitude to our listeners as always we've gotten a lot of content or not content reaches uh, reaches views engagement engagement is the word uh, we really, really appreciate that. So just subscribe to everything. Follow. Follow like, this follow, podcast. There's so many of you that are listening to it, but also not following. Like, yeah. I don't know. What are you doing? You're listening <laughs> to most of the episode and you're just not following? Come on. Anywho, as always, if you have any suggestions for future episodes or guests, or if you think you're smart enough to hop on, that's those are two big guests to follow up. Oh. Uh, feel free to reach us, reach out to us on any of those platforms. We're always excited to hear from you guys. So until next time, keep exploring the world of animation and cinema, and may the magic of storytelling continue to inspire.